0: Hey there everybody. Thank you for joining us. We're coming to you uh week beginning March 4. Yep, and we're, yeah, we're talking about the astrology of March 4. We've had a few technical hiccups as we're trying to get this episode up and running for you. So here with my lovely Astro buddies Kelly Surtees and Alicia Yusuf. So this is a big week. Um, the big week that we had a little bit of a preview of last year from May to November um, got quite a bit happening. So let's just get it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: mean, it is a big well, week.
0: It's all to, to a 10-hour period. Like, that's yeah. what I can't get
1: over. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, really so
1: what makes this a big week?
0: Tell us more, um, cast. A, a, cer- a certain outer planet is changing signs and... Um, Depending on, you know, how that might play out for you, it could be really exhilarating or it could be, oh, my God, batten down the hatches. So Uranus is moving into Taurus. So this is a mainstay until, what, 2025 or something like that. Yeah, so eight years or something. Yes, yeah, so we had a bit of a preview of that from May to November last year. I just realised um, my ephemeris is downstairs. I don't know how I'm going to survive. <laughs> oh, no. Have you oh, not, Stop. Have you go, not taken, go get it. Have you not taken Chris's advice and got strategically placed ephemeri throughout your house. Oh, actually. You would have strategically placed lip balms. Do go down, have, Kel. <laughs> lip balms
1: and chapkins in every room. Good call. I have alright. Alright, let's just
2: stop recording everything. No, no, no. no, no. Go, I got recording? my old one.
1: My old one is here. Because I haven't uh. finished unpacking. I just got back last night from uh. Australia and I have and I'm you know, unpacking takes me quite a few days. Everything's all over the living room. Um, But I'm sorry. I was just like, oh, I'll look that up. And then I was like, I can't. Oh, no. I saw the look on your face. It was
2: like a horror. And I knew exactly what it was. (laughs) I can't immediately um, put my
1: hands on the ephemeris. I'm I'm feeling. So my memory. So
2: for non-astrologers, this ephemeris is our Bible. And this is why we call ourselves astrology nerds, because it quite literally is numbers. um, And that helps us understand the placements of the planets, where they're all at where them to where totally yeah 2026 20, so 20,
1: my... the very early part of 2026 is the last yeah because yeah. we
0: don't really have any major shifts um until mid next decade really so when, when everything stuck. shifts but we are getting yeah. a bit of
1: ourselves there um
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a few years Hopefully we're still podcasting then. That would be amazing. Go, <laughs> we could we be mentally telepathically this <laughs> doing
1: this rather than actually recording it. Who knows what technology <laughs> will look yeah. like. Yeah,
0: so Uranus, it's the first outer planet. And whenever I think about um, Uranus is because, I mean, like who doesn't watch Outlander, right? So I know the three of us, we're Outlander fans. And when I watch Outlander, I think they never, Australia wasn't even a uh, you know, a colonized then. Yeah, it wasn't. It was it wasn't just colonized. A, That's yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it was still here. Things were still happening, but it wasn't what it is today. So it wasn't even really discovered yet. Um, there was one scene where uh, Claire wanted that when they were in France, and she was going to sort of make some reference to the Eiffel Tower, and she's like, "That wasn't even built then." And then, of course, Uranus wasn't discovered. And I, when I am teaching astrology or even sometimes explaining it in session, it's like imagine what it would have been like when there was a status quo with what you thought about the universe, then all of a sudden that changes and how you're really forced to stretch the parameters of what you think you know and what you think is already out there. And so when Uranus um, is activated you know, natally or via transit in this way, whatever Taurus represents for you in particular is that part of you where you've got to kind of, you know, those, te- you know, standard keywords, uh, getting going away from the status quo, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a part of your life and a part of your chart where you are invited, well, you probably actually aren't invited, you're going to be forced <laughs> to stretch that kind of parameters of what you think that reality is already Um, and that's going to probably be pretty uncomfortable just given the nature of Taurus and its already predisposed uh, relationship to change and disruption. So, yeah, I always think about that when I'm watching Outlander for some reason because it's so, you know, Mm. riding horses through the countryside and all that's very Taurian and yeah, well, sort of Taurus-saggy a bit, but it's all in nature. And then we've got this massive paradigm shift coming up. So, you know, here I am rattling on about it. I feel like I've so, so much to say about Uranus. But, you know, think about maybe how in subtle ways, maybe, because it was just that little sneak peek preview of how your life shifted and changed between May and November of last year. Mm. And that might be like the microcosm of something that's going to be stretched out over the next sort of seven to eight years for you.
2: Yeah, totally. And I actually had a great, I had a great example in a client session the other day. She in May had an, she's a Taurus rising, so it's around her physical. In May, she had an operation on her back. Um, She's in Mm. the late 60s that enabled her now to go and study yoga teacher training and when I was using your line, Kel, about the bend so you don't break, she yeah. said, Wow, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be bending a whole lot now, aren't I? But she's totally reinventing her life. But she wasn't able to until she had that that big shift in her health and, and allowed herself to have that operation. But because before that, before May was too scared to do it. Right. And she thought that she had to do it with her mental power and her emotional power. And she just felt like, I don't really want to go and have the physical operation because it was quite major mm. surgery. But the fact that that really shifted things for her so much that it's opened up this whole thing. And she feels yeah. like it's going to be a more authentic life for her to lead. And I was like, can I please use that story? <laughs> because that is classic. <laughs> In textbook. It really yeah. is. So, you know, that's what I really feel is that Patterns or things that happen in May and November that may have, between May and November, that may have opened you up in that area of your life that are now allow you to move forward. Um, You know, for me, it's all around financial. And at that time, I financially separated from a few things in my life and am now more free to do things in my own way. So that's another way that that can kind of work out because it's in my second house.
1: Yeah, that's what fantastic, you, Leash. Yeah, so Uranus is moving into Taurus, I think, Wednesday the 6th, Thursday the 7th in Australia, like Wednesday the 6th, Canada and the States, Thursday the 7th. Uh, just so everyone has all the details. Yeah, because it was in, Uranus was in Taurus from like mid May to mid November last year. Uh, look, I'm really excited about it it's a new eight year cycle. So it's a longer trend that we're just really going to be settling into. So there's a new energy around innovation and change. You know, the way that you might look to shake up your life is going to be different to the way that you might've wanted to create change in the last eight years. And, And not just the way you will make change is different, but the types of things that you want to make change around are totally going to be different. And I was just looking Cass, because of course you're referencing, you know, some of the periods in Outlander and that was you know uranus comes to taurus every 80 84 years approximately yeah. so we have had uranus in taurus if you look back in previous historical cycles and that period from 1768 to 1766 was one of those previous uranus in taurus cycles yeah. another one was the the middle of the 19th century when we had the gold rush period so it was sort of getting the digging or the mining, the drilling, which is all Uranus and technology going into the earth, which is Taurus and getting, you know, the gold out of the earth, but also suspect there are a lot of innovations around farming practices at that time. So, that was peak
2: industrial revolution time. Yeah. All that was when really actually people were being lifted up out of poverty and people were actually moving away from the farms and moving into the city um, and really, and, and and moving into those places. So, they were able to have more access to financial things and more access to money, and then the farms were being worked by machinery, so not as many people were needed. So there actually was a huge shift in population at that time as well, um, which is that physical, you know, moving from um, the country yeah. to the city. That that physical stuff, which is very much tourist as well.
0: And you even see that happening in Outlander too, where. <laughs> 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 um (laughs) not that i'm like up to date on the latest season but yeah you could start to see that happening and i just love it how um you know you see the astrology in action when you you know watch different shows um whether they're in the current period or set in a previous period too so um was Australia discovered when Uranus was still in Taurus or had it moved into Gemini back then? Well, 17, what, 77? There's a
1: lot of... 1788. The 1788 is the date that is often celebrated as yeah. white oh, settlement right. coming to Australia, but there is but a lot more historical southern. evidence coming through that the Dutch and the Chinese were actually yeah. here hundreds of years before. Yeah. And, of course, the Aboriginal people have been here. Like Australia's native population are one of the oldest in the world. So, yeah, yeah like colonisation, I think. is celebrated like British colonisation, 1788, but it's uh, obviously it's a bit of a contentious um, issue. Um, But it was a little bit later, um, partly because one of the things Uranus is associated with is these revolutions. And that period in the late 17, like 1768 to 1766 is, you know, the countries that really sort of came then, like the US, for instance, that was a, a you know, part of what was going on in the States then was the revolution against the British king. Um, yeah. And that's actually never happened in Australia because we're still a British territory or a British colony. Te- you know, we're part of the Commonwealth. Um, but there was a lot of similar type things happening in France at that time as well. Mm. So, uh, I mean, this is probably giving our listeners a really good taste about the kind of upheaval energy that Uranus yeah. in Taurus is really associated with. And everyone's got Taurus somewhere in their chart. So even if you're thinking, you're listening, you thinking, I'm not a Taurus or I don't have, you know, blah, blah, and Taurus, you will have at least one set of topics in your life that are ruled by or influenced by the sign of Taurus. And that's what we say, you know, when you look at your chart Leish, you were saying money, what Leish is meaning there is that she's got Uranus on the second house of money, cash flow, and income in her personal chart. So she's basically ready for a revolution in her financial sector. And revolutions always lead to freedom, even if it's a chaotic process. And that's one thing I do try to like share with people around. Um, uranus transits for instance is it might be chaotic but the end goal is to give you more freedom independence and autonomy over a particular area of your life so yeah
0: in particular in this taurus sign it won't be until you're released from that thing that you know whatever the taurus thing is for you and you go oh i didn't realize how badly that was stuck or how stagnant Mm. i was in that situation until i was out of it um and when you reflect on it Um, and that's when you kind of really go, oh, wow, like I am free of something I didn't even know I was stuck in.
2: Yeah. And, you know, for me, the fact that when it went into Taurus back in May, we had the Manaloa volcanoes going off in Hawaii, that really gives such beautiful imagery as to Uranus in Taurus, that real shaking of the earth and things cracking open so it can well up from underneath. So it's not so much this, you know, like when Uranus moved into Aries and Fukushima happened and we have the big uranium mm. explosion, um, but it's more it's more just the ground moving between our feet and re- beneath our feet and us having to roll with it. I just keep getting the sense of, you know, in Japan they've got these buildings now that are earthquake-proof because they've actually put them on rollers on the foundation, oh, wow. so they're able to shift back and forth with the tremors and I feel like that's in that area of our lives that's what we need to do we don't have to you know break everything down but those structures that we've got if we can make them more flexible or even like in Hong Kong where they build scaffolding out of bamboo which which bends with the wind so it doesn't break as easily because it gets really windy there So that's the kind of way to deal with this Uranus and Taurus energy because, you know, the Earth likes to be structured and it likes to, you know, have that firmness there. Um, But it's just thinking about having those rollers or that band like you talk about, Kel, to kind of help us sway with what's happening
1: totally yeah and we did i know we did a bit of a deep dive discussion on uranus and taurus in our live event in sydney oh. and i think the recording of that is now available for sale on cass's website so that's cassandra dot com no a u no a u <laughs> just dot com uh
0: so we can maybe we can put that link in our show notes um So did you have any um, revelations, you know, around your Uranus? Uranus Yeah, I was like, oh, my God,
1: (laughs) totally. So the next technical piece is, you know, what specific degrees in Taurus is Uranus activating and then how might that be triggering your chart? So... Between May and November 2018, Uranus activated zero, one, and two degrees of Taurus. Now, that has, through the aspect-pattern relationship, that also triggers the degrees of zero, one, and two in any of the fixed signs, so in Leo, in Scorpio, in Aquarius. I know you guys know that, but I just want to make sure all of our listeners are clear on how we get there, and I have a really important planet in my chart, Jupiter, at zero Leo, and so, it was, yeah, that period, there was a lot of upheaval. I was questioning a lot of things about how do I want to live my life, like big picture stuff from where do I want to live, what do I want my business to look like, how do I want to share astrology with people, like, so, on I felt like every level, I felt like I was in a washing machine or being dumped by a wave, you know, where you're just, which way is up. Mm-hmm. Um And as a result of that, some really exciting decisions were kind of discussed and and things that I couldn't have even planned started to come together, which I'll be saying more about towards the end of March um, once (laughs) everything is fully finalized. Um, So when Uranus comes back into this early part of Taurus um, this week... If you if you like me have planets in that very early part of any of the fixed signs, it's like you're moving forward on things that maybe you started in that May to November period in 2018. But this time around in Taurus, Uranus is going to go further. He's going to go all the way up to six degrees. So now it's not just the zero, one, two fixed sign crew. Um, and this can be a planet. Like you might be a Gemini, but your Venus might be at three Leo, or you could have your Moon at you know five Scorpio, or maybe your Ascendant is at three Aquarius. It's anything. So anywhere between zero and six degrees of any of those fixed signs. So basically, yeah, you like for me last year, I was, was Jupiter. So I was questioning my beliefs. I was questioning, you know, my philosophies about things, what I thought were true. And it was quite a, there was a really strong introspective component because I was like, well, if this is true, then this can't be. And if I built certain parts of my life on this one thing that I thought was true, and now I'm realizing maybe I don't agree with it, or I don't believe it, uh, you know, how do, how do I need to reshape things, basically? So, uh, you know, one of the big things that, I, that came up for me, it's like, I said to my husband at the time, that I just, I'm like, I can't live in the climate that we live I can't stay here for an ex- and not like we I, I last year was also my 10-year anniversary of moving to Ontario and that's been really exciting and afforded so many opportunities but I'm like I just can't do another 10 years with this extreme winter where we live um, we're in this weird little weather belt just an hour outside Toronto and anyway winter in Canada is just like nothing anywhere else in the world maybe Russia I don't know but technically Canada is the coldest planet according to Lonely Planet. So somehow it's even colder here. Um, so one of the big <laughs> things was to me was like, I just can't do this. I can do a few more years while we figure out what we're going to do or where we're going to go, but we need, what's our exit plan basically. So mm. we came up with a plan that we were happy with and then the universe offered us something else, which is what we're just sort of finalizing all the details on now. But all going well this will be the last Ontario winter which I'm very excited about so we sort of had a you know I hit a bit of a the way the Uranus transit worked for me I hit something that I was like I'm really stuck on this and it's a fixed sign transit so it's that idea of feeling really stuck or feeling like how do I change this and feeling a bit like initially you're caught between a rock and a hard place where you want to change something but you can't see how to make it happen you do you put a bit of a plan together and you think, okay, yeah, that will work. And then because it's Uranus, there's always a surprise factor. So there's always an element that comes in that is unexpected or out of the blue. Personally, I've had really good experience with Uranus transits in the past where that out of the blue surprise factor has been very welcome. It's always been, we could never have planned for that if we had tried, but oh my God, how exciting, let's go for it. So I'm hoping that in the weeks to come as our listeners are dealing with Uranus, you can try and remember a little bit of that. Okay, maybe it's a bit of a shock, but it is exciting. Um so I know we've talked a lot about Uranus in Taurus, but it is really major news, basically. It's a huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: you know, we do have other aspects this week, of course, but I think they're going to be somewhat overshadowed by 100 percent Uranus yeah. coming through. So yeah. So second house, third house for you, Kel. Yep. And Kath, it's, it's 12th, 12th house for me. For you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, for those of, you know, for those listening who are probably a little bit more on the modern spin of things, um, the 12th house is traditionally more um, associated with, um, traveling. So, um, last year, I got my passport for the very first time and I went overseas and uh, spoke at you. Oh, my God, and that was after Uranus went into Taurus. Correct, yeah. So basically, you know, um, and when Uranus moved into Taurus, my progressed moon moved into Taurus at the exact same time. So within a week, 10 days of that uh, progressed moon moving into Taurus with Uranus, with my other Taurus stuff there, um, I went to Chicago uh, so I'd never left Australia before, so that in itself yeah. was massive. I left that was my huge. son, yeah, um, and that in itself was huge. To think that, like, you know, I'm a cancerian, I was on the other side of the planet from my child. It was horrible. So I went there, and um, so at a time where I really just felt like I needed mountains and land and pastures (laughs) and cows grazing in the fields, I basically stepped out of Chicago airport and into a wall of concrete. Yeah. Just that, you know, the skyline was just massive. The people, as awesome as they were, I'm not talking about the conference, I'm just talking about being out and about in Chicago, um, was a bit of a paradigm shift. So it probably took me like maybe 24 hours to kind of just like recalibrate. Um, so it was a lot of, you know, shock, I guess, in a way. Um, jet lag numbed a lot of that. <laughs> but I certainly um, had a paradigm shifting experience. Came back to Australia and kind of went, oh, okay, well, what now? Like, it felt like a real sort of, like, you know, this Uranus had cracked open something that I had never experienced before. And to come back to, you know, where I am, as much as I feel, you know, very content, but it was like I don't even feel at home there anymore or here anymore. And so now I'm, you know, basically Uranus will move into Taurus this week and then in May I'm off to the States again. So it's a continuation yeah. you know that theme instead of kind of doing this crazy whirlwind massively jet-lagged trip in like 10 days i'll be in at the states for a month so I'll be at Norwalk, then hanging out for a bit then finishing off the trip uh doing some work with the san diego astrological society so it's going to be a lot you know taking my tourist time through through the trip so yeah, Um, does it hit anything in my chart this uh, this year? It didn't last time. I don't have anything very early, but I do have my son at four cancer. So it is going to sextile my son this year. Um And then I'll, I'll just kind of like, yeah, I'll just kind of remain a little bit like ginger about like all the other stuff it'll touch after that. So it's more about next year for me um, rather than this year. Well. Allegedly. A bit of both. <laughs> I love
1: it. So that is just, I guess, a taste to let listeners know of how massive Uranus in Taurus this week. Whether you have a major event this week or you just feel like, you know, the gears are turning or shifting or moving in a different way in your life, that is like a taste of the future because that changes midweek and then we've got eight years of Uranus in Taurus. Um, But there's a couple of other things. least you reminded us of one particular thing that's happening this week that Kath and I both overlooked in our excitement of Uranus (laughs) in Taurus.
2: (laughs) Yes, of course. Well, of course, we forgot about it. Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> in Pisces. <laughs> and it already feels like, I mean, this is just... Already. This has been the craziest Mercury in Pisces period because already, even before Mercury got into Pisces, I think it was in the last five degrees of Aquarius, and every, all the astrologers were like, what's happening? Is Mercury already in Pisces and we don't know about it? It's like all these... Um, you know, the things that are associated with Mercury. So we're talking in communication, short trips, um, can, those kind of things are, you know, computers, technology, can just be thrown in the air. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Kel, did you want to tell your classic Mercury? Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, so I had to travel yesterday because I was flying back to Canada from Australia. And it was, I know, I because I message the girls on our WhatsApp chat, a water trail what's chat? i was like oh my god mercury and pisces in full force at lax because we landed in la after our lovely 15-hour flight from sydney it's not the longest passenger flight in the world but it's it's up there it's very close (laughs) to it um it's one of the longest ones um and so you're exhausted you don't sleep you leave sydney in the middle of the day you know so you it's very anyway it's just it's a bit of a gong show. We you got there. Know where you're at. You don't know. Yeah, you could. it's, so, it's such a. Dis, it's like a tunnel time warp. Anyway, get to LA. There is a mechanical problem at the baggage carousel where only where our flight was coming through. I watched the Virgin Australia flights come in. I watched the Delta flights, the United flights. These people were coming in. Their baggage baggage carousel was working. And they were in and out of the thing in like 15 minutes. But ours, we were over an hour getting our bags, which was just so annoying. But what that actually meant is everyone else like myself who were connecting onto other flights, we all missed our connecting flights. Because when you land in LA and you're coming in internationally, you've technically crossed an international border and you must put your hands on your bags and move them around to where they need to go. And that's a standard practice. That's not actually just an LA thing. If you cross a border, well, at least coming in and out of North America, you've got to grab your bags and move them around. So anyway, miss flights then you have to get rebooked then you're taking whatever you can get and you're sitting in crazy places and so it's a bit frustrating um i do feel this mercury retrograde so mercury retro starts tuesday in canada and the states and wednesday if you're in australia mercury is going to station retrograde at 29 pisces now not only is mercury in a dazed confused and totally fried potentially overwhelmed state in pisces (laughs) it's square Jupiter, which adds this over the top excessive, like everyone's going to have these stories. Like, I've retold the story and I gave you guys totally a reader's digest version. Cause when I was telling my husband in the car coming home, the story went on for 40 minutes, like almost the whole <laughs> trip home. I'm like, and this happened and then this and these people. And I just, I was totally on a soapbox about it. That's the Mercury, Square, Jupiter, and Sag component. So, yeah. weird things are going to happen, and then you're going to be like, you're not going to shut up has about to them. Know about <laughs>
2: exactly. <it>. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Get me that Mercury. And they're going to be bigger. They're going to be
2: bigger than life as well. Yeah, exactly. It's like Jupiter just exactly. expands things. Well, I mean, you never
0: catch a fish this big, right? No, no, no. The fish is always <laughs> this big. And then it's this big.
2: So, the thing is with Mercury retrograde is just to be ready to redo things and, and yeah. research things and replay things and, and re talk about things. How many times have you told this story, Kelly? Oh, yeah,
1: no, that was like third or fourth go round I'm not done yet. I'm writing to American Airlines because I had a very specific issue, which is so Mercury and Pisces. <laughs> I wasn't angry that there was a mechanical problem because I have flown enough to know that these things are out of everyone's hands and you cannot, you know, when you, I've always said, particularly international flight, but really any flying, it's an act of surrender. You're going into a process. You're not in control of it. You just go with the flow, you know, through and you will be cared for and managed and directed I liken it to when my grandfather used to move the cattle around on his cattle farm. You just move them. You put the thing here. They just go. You know, you're sort of like sheep. You just got to follow along. But the thing that really I got upset about was that I spoke to so many customer service agents, particularly the ones on the ground, while I was dealing with this hullabaloo in L.A. and then getting on different flights. Nobody showed an ounce of empathy or compassion. Now, I'm not saying they needed to give me a 45-minute therapy session, but a one-sentence acknowledgement of something to do with, you must be really tired or that must be – like, just a tiny bit of reflective listening honestly would have changed my whole experience – and that's yep. so Mercury and Pisces, isn't it? I yes. just wanted someone to validate this. Might be tough, and rather yep. than just babble at me with all this technical information, which I actually already yeah. knew, you know. So anyway, I'm still banging on about it now. <laughs> no, no, you
0: just you just needed a little bit of that touch of water. I remember it, totally. you know, coming to UAC, and I flew Cathay Pacific, which is a Singaporean airline, and yep. um, and they were I think it's you know, Singaporean, Singaporean, I think Cathay, yeah, and. Um, the staff on the flight were amazing. Yeah. I also, I got upgraded, so I was, like, extra amazed. Yes. My first ever international flight. Thank you. Um, and then I land in Chicago Airport and I totally hear what you said about, like, what face did you call it? Resting, resting something. Resting bitch face. We can say bitch yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah. okay. I knew you'd, you'd said it more like. Resting the Resting blank face. When
1: yeah. I finally got an American Airlines guy who smiled, I was like, you're the first one that smiled at me all
0: day. And he Mm. used this phrase, (laughs) yeah. So that's what you got in Chicago, Cass? Yeah, I just got these, like, women that were just, like, just, it was like oh, they were bouncers in a nightclub yeah. or something like that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. like, okay, I'm not in Kansas anymore. Everyone's really angry about the new president. I'll just be like the smiling Aussie <laughs> getting through the, sh- you know, the airport. So, yeah, and I was just, yeah. you know, having like, like these moments of, you know, all these movies I'd watched. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everybody kind of like personified that. So it was just, Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's so, one of those things as yeah. well that Mercury and Pisces just makes us more sensitive as totally. well to any discord, and and it really craves that you know those kindness, the gentleness, the compassion. So I guess one thing for our listeners to keep in mind is is also if there are snafus and different things happening, try to be compassionate with yourself. Try to be kind with yourself because that's usually where it starts. So you know if you make a mistake or if you have to redo something. No, that's what the energy is just go okay you know something new because it's interesting that this is happening right as uranus and taurus is, is happening as well like you know so well, it's this like, is
0: going to be snafu central it's, gonna, it's gonna exactly. be shocks we don't even know what happened yet so there might even yeah. be a bit of a delayed uh response to some of what's going on because our brains are not fully tuned in to what is going on because mm. of the Mercury retrograde in Pisces, and then the shock, and then you know, like earthquakes, there'll probably be tremors or aftershocks post Uranus's entry into uh, Taurus. So, I guess like the Mercury in Pisces might be kind of like the bottle of wine that will help <laughs> take the edge off. The, <laughs> help take the edge off. Um, you know, or the yoga That's- and meditation,
1: Cass. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I was, like, frustrated in the airport, I went for the chocolate. I will say I had my Whittaker's dark chocolate peppermint flavored that I oh, picked yum. up from Sydney Airport. Thank goodness. A cup of tea and some hot chips. And I was a happy girl. Um, yeah. So happy the that. yoga and the meditation is obviously good. If you're in Australia, oh, my God, just go to the beach. It will be amazing. Yeah. The beach is always amazing. Yeah. But yeah. as you're saying that, Leish, it is making me realize that this whole, like, Mercury goes retrograde Tuesday, and then Uranus into Taurus on Wednesday if you're in Canada and the States, and it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday if you're in Australia. So it is going to be this really kind of tricky, confused, intense 24-hour period um, that is And, and just, then let's add in the new moon. And then there's a new the moon. next conjunct day Neptune. in conjunct <laughs> Neptune. <laughs> so what we're
2: basically saying is book yourself into a Buddhist retreat somewhere in the mountains that will actually let you drink, and yeah. eat chocolate, and you'll be fine.
1: <laughs> I mean, because basically what you're saying there, Leish, is real-world practical details are, are probably going to be unreliable. There's, yes. You know, I don't personally necessarily think the whole of Mercury retrograde. So Mercury goes retrograde. It won't end until the end of the month. So basically if you think about March as Mercury madness because Mercury yep. is retrograde from the 5th to the 28th or from the 6th to the 29th. Um yep. You know, so this is, and because I always think the start of the retrograde or the very end tends to be the trickiest when the planets yes. in station or not moving. So yep. because this week has Mercury station retro plus Uranus, it is. It's a bit of a higgledy piggledy skewy, whiffy. Like everything is just a bit topsy turvy. Uh, it's going to yeah. be
0: a dog's breakfast. Yeah. <laughs>
1: To throw out a classic Aussie, Aussie perler, um, dog breakfast.
2: Well, I was even thinking it's like a walk through a magical forest, you know. You never know what kind <laughs> of mythical creature is going to come out. There's this weird, elusive feeling of almost like you're in the dream state, actually. Yeah. One of those dreams you have that feels so vivid and you're looking and you go, that actually isn't physical possib- possible, but yeah. I just saw it happen. Correct. That's potentially what the energy of this week could be about. Um, and maybe it will be like, oh, am I dreaming that? Is that real? Did that actually happen? Um, conversations you might have that you totally forgot about. So this is definitely a day to, a, a week to rely on your diary, rely on your calendar, write things down because things will get hazed and mis-confu- um, misconfused. I love that's, that's it. That's a great word for this week. <laughs> Miscommunication Mis- and confusion altogether. <laughs> Or, but the, it is or a dog's that,
0: breakfast. A dog's yeah. yeah. <laughs> breakfast.
2: But just making sure that things are clear. And if, if something doesn't seem right this week, maybe hold off. You know, some things may seem too good to be true this week as well um, because Jupiter is in that mix too. So just, yeah, just maybe hold off on grabbing hold of things because they may actually turn out to be phantom or magical and not actually real.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. This well. would be yeah. I think the only thing I just wanted to throw in there just to summarise or just to kind of reflect the one thing, Leash, is um this is definitely a good week to delay things if you can. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah, Cass, this has been like a bumper episode, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, well I mean I'm just kind of, you know, I'm I'm being satin about this uh episode. Totally. Not like me. But, you know, part of our podcast ethos is to keep it a little bit on the shorter side. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, we have – this is a fairly major thing to be discussing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a bit of a wild week, that's for sure. Um, And I was just sort of thinking, you know, uh, Uranus is moving into Taurus while Venus is you know, just fresh in Aquarius. So there's just that mm. l- other level of, you know, our rigidity, perhaps, um, you know, whatever you're wanting to really hold on to is kind of, you know, pry it from a cold hand, dead hands kind of uh, thing about it. Um, you're bringing out some yeah. slangers today, Tess. Yeah, <laughs> you really are. <laughs> well, I feel like there's a few people, um, you know, that. I met at UAC and what have you, they message me every now and then and they want me to keep them um, abreast of some of our colloquial language and I guess I'm just throwing it out there right now because I'm so Mercury retrograded up already that I can't yep. really translate um, a more um, universal type of uh, language right now. So I'm just defaulting into my native tongue. Um, so yeah. she'll she'll be apples is a good one for this. She'll be (laughs) right. She'll be right, mate. Oh my god, nobody's gonna understand this if they're not Australian. (laughs) Cool bananas (laughs) <laughs> oh my god! On this note, I feel like we need to like end before yep. we divert any more into um, Australian. <laughs> in <laughs> next episode, episode we it. will discuss <laughs> some more Australian language with you while Mercury <laughs> actually is retrograde. So, so take if down your, your notes, got <laughs> take, t- take down your pen or get your notes out and.
1: Oh, my so God. So, Andrew, if you guys
2: got anything to announce this week or oh, yeah. should we just I end will, it
1: there? Um, I will announce that uh, I my next um, online class, which is a four-part class on career astrology, so basically looking to answer the question of what should I do with my life, Um, it's a four-part class it will the original training the initial training will be delivered in five live video classes monday nights in canada and the states tuesday kind of mid-morning if you're in australia that starts the last week of march the 25th of march so i'm taking a risk uh, and starting it just before the end of mercury retrograde but sometimes you've got to work with things where you can
0: Uh, you just got to play with fire
1: well, you got to do the best you can, right? Um, Venus will be in Pisces by then. So there are a few sextiles to Capricorn. You know? There are, there are. So, uh, yeah. So, if you're interested, the info for that is on the homepage of my website, kellysastrology.com. Right.
0: What about you guys? What about you, Lishi? What are you doing?
1: Well,
2: I'm. A, I'm calling it. My new website will be up, I and love I it. will. <laughs> and I'm doing it before Mercury goes retrograde. but um, I will Honestly, you're going to have to redo
1: it because we always have to redo websites, so that's no problem. Well, this is
2: my third Never. website as an astrologer, so I figure I am redoing it. So yeah. that's the way I'm looking at it. But um, I am having a sale to celebrate. So I, I'm having a sale on my natal chart consults and my transit consults. So pop over to AliciaYusuf.com to um, book it. If you want to, Fantastic. and I'll have my new moon group going this week. Um, I haven't put it up yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm. As, I'm assuming it will be sold out because we're going to the beach to do it. But if it, just you know, pop on to Alicia Yusuf at Facebook to be able to book in or see if there's
0: any spaces left. Fantastic. Excellent. And what um, about you, Cass? Me? Well, I will be probably just putting the final touches on a writing project i'm just winding up plus seeing clients i've opened this week for clients before i then knuckle down and do the next <laughs> big writing project um yeah so that is uh me i'm just uh, drowning in an ocean of words mercury and pisces yeah fantastic that's my 10th house so <laughs> makes sense it makes sense <laughs> that's me I feel like that uh, Kermit uh, gif, you know, where he's just slamming down on the keyboard, if anybody's seen that. I love it. That's brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a few people send that to me. How's your writing going? And then sending that to me. So that's this week, guys. It's been a fairly extensive episode for the Water Trio, but there's been – it's worth it. It's a big week, a bit of a a once-in-a-lifetime stuff. So until next week, um, that's over and out for us. So thanks for joining us.
2: Bye bye.